Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, adults? What the fuckables? What the fuckleberry fins? What the fuck is Shuganas? For the upteenth time at the beginning of his own show. Welcome, I am Mark Marin. this is WTF, this is the podcast you're listening to. I appreciate you choosing the WTF podcast for your listening pleasure. I'm happy to be in your head. I appreciate you sticking me in your ears. Thank you. Today on the show, uh, Comedian. Is that proper? To, can you still make that distinction? Is that, is that, is saying a, a female comedian is a comedian like calling a flight attendant a stewardess or is comedian still okay? Is it okay? How about just comedian? I think that's the appropriate way to do it now. I don't know. Someone has to update me. I'm not in the, uh, I'm not on the email uh, loop. Why did I just turn into Andy Kinler for a minute? Comedian Lori Kilmartin, who I've known for a long time, is on the show. Uh, we were together in San Francisco uh, is where I met her, where uh, she started. And she's moved on. to. She's gone to New York and she's in L.A. She writes for the Conan O'Brien Show. She's a great comedian, very funny woman. Happy to talk to her. Happy to talk to her. What's going on? Thank you so much. Those of you who uh, came out to the Steve Allen Theater, to the Trippini House at the Steve Allen Theater on Tuesday night, the 18th, thank you. It was a big deal for me. I know it uh, shouldn't be a big deal. I'm a comedian. I'm a professional comedian. Do you people know how it works for us? Do you know what it takes to just generate material? I don't know how you think it happens, but for me, I have to book myself some dates at a small theater, ask some of you to come if you'd like, and sit there and talk about things that are on my mind and things that I think will be funny, and then begin the process, continue the conversation. And there were, we sold the place out. There was about 120 of you there. And it was very nice. I had my friend Nate Bargetzi, uh come and do 15 minutes before me. He killed. Hilarious. He did a couple of new tags. And then I got up there and uh, rambled through about an hour and 10 minutes. I'd say we got about 45 to 50 that are, that are good. Good foundations for the work. And it was nice. I enjoy performing for you people. And by you people, I mean the people that enjoy coming to see me, the people that listen to me. We did some, uh, I, took, I did some Q&A. Some things were learned about me. Some things were learned about my new relationship. And uh, some questions were asked that made me uncomfortable, but I tried to, to deal with them, and I, and I appreciate you coming out. That, to me, is a good show. Let's watch, let's watch Mark uh, kind of you know ramble through some stuff that's half-baked but pretty funny. And then uh, maybe he'll hit a couple of solid notes with some really killer jokes that are definite keepers. And then he'll just hit a wall and then turn it on us. What do you guys want to know? How is that not a great show? Why don't I tour with that show? Just call it Mark Marin, uh, the Please Talk to Me Tour. Does the Does anyone have a question uh, show? I think that would be fine. I'd be fine with that. So look, I've got two more of those shows scheduled. I might schedule some more shows, but I believe there are, I think they're March 4th and March 11th, Tuesday nights at the Trippany House at the Steve Allen Theater in Los Feliz. Go to trippanyhouse.org for tickets and uh, please come down. I, I feel confident now. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if you really understand just how 
weirdly paralyzing it is to uh, to be a, a comedian. I am a stand-up by trade. I know a lot of you know me as a podcaster, or you know me as a a talker. Uh, some of you call it um, navel gazing. Some of you call it uh, introspection and honesty. Some of you call it whining. I, whatever you call it, I do stand-up comedy. I enjoy it. I've been doing it all you know half my life. But when you're down when you need to do new material and you know you need to do it you know some people i guess write their jokes but i've got to just hammer it out and i was nervous i was a little stressed out between producing and uh, being in the television show and writing and, and being submerged in that process i uh, i'd lost touch with uh, the hour-long set i'd forgotten that uh, i've spent many hours of my life up on that stand-up stage and i felt like i do have this wave this moment where i'm like do i even know how to do this does it go away, or is it like riding a bike? It's definitely not riding a bike. It's kind of like riding a bike if you if you're not exactly sure, uh, you know, whether the pedal will stay on. Uh, but you can keep going, and then like you know those bikes where you're riding it and it's like oh the pedal's fucked up or the chain comes off and you kind of spin it for a while and then it catches back on again a little of that. But uh, we had a good time, and I, again I appreciate you coming up. Now let's get on to the important stuff. I don't know. I don't know what Shia LaBeouf is doing. Is he still doing it? Is that still happening? Is that over? This is the weird thing about me. As you know, I do tend to talk about myself and what's happening with my own emotional uh, ups and downs with the immediacy of my small world, which I, I think is tremendously important in the, to the degree that I live in it. So that's, that's what I mine because that seems the most real to me. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should lock in. Maybe I should lock in and engage in culture. And then I didn't even get the full story. Because I don't give a fuck. Let's talk about something important. Like LaFonda Stitches that I can't get out of her fucking face. Let's talk about that. That's more important than whatever Shia LaBeouf did for whatever dumb reason he did it. Huh? Appropriating a perfectly reasonable context of performance art to serve his own silly purposes. The condescending actor man. You can't just do that, man. You can't just say, like, I'm going to do this and it's art. You can't. You can't. Because there are people that dedicate their life to that, even if it's ridiculous, even if you don't understand it, even if it's it's something you feel is silly. They need to be out there because they're the astronauts. You may not appreciate the exploration they're doing, but let those people who want to commit their life to ridiculousness in the name of poetry, do not mock them by being a stupid, entitled actor basically doing a, a hoax of an art piece to somehow cover for the fact that he is morally bankrupt, he shouldn't be allowed to do that. I'm not saying his freedom should be taken away, but it shouldn't be supported or reported on because that's all he wants. Is it over, though? It's over, right? We don't know. See, I don't even know the whole story. I don't even know what he did. I got it secondhand. And uh, and that's how I decided to re-enter the pop culture world. I think I'm going back under. I'm going back into me. All right? What else do I want to tell you? Yeah, so LaFonda, I know that a couple of weeks ago you knew that I brought her to the vet and she had a cone on her head and it was very traumatic for me. But now, here's the thing, and I've talked about it before, maybe, that uh, the doctor, the veterinarian, who I go to occasionally with my cats, doesn't realize that my cats are out of their mind, or, or he should realize it by now. I don't take them in very often. He put stitches in LaFonda's lip that did not dissolve. They had to be taken out. So he thought that, well, this would be a way to 
get another few bucks, you bring the cat back in, and you could, uh, and we could take him out. But uh, my cat is not—that's not where it's at with this cat. I can't get that cat into a cage very easily. So I'm like, I'm going to take these stitches out. It is not happening. The stitches were supposed to come out Friday, and I've been terrified to deal with it. I had to get a cuticle cutter. I have a nail clipper. I put them by the bed. Every time I get within three inches of LaFonda's face with one of these implements, she freaks the fuck out and then doesn't trust me for hours. The stealth timing that is necessary. Why don't I have docile cats? Because I don't have a docile heart. I don't have a docile mind. My felines are reflections of my own sensibility, and I apologize to them for that frequently. But my cats are nervous. They're anxious. Uh, I believe that occasionally they're filled with dread and a certain amount of anger. That's what I believe my cats to be. So now LaFonda, I got one stitch out because I took a nail clipper to it and, it and then she jumped and it ripped out. I don't even know where it is, but it's gone. And there's still one more stitch in there. And the biggest anxiety in my life right now is not performing. It's not my new relationship. What it is, it is how am I going to get that fucking stitch out of LaFonda's face? Why am I so afraid of this cat that I live with? Because she has claws that are sharp and she's awful. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let's talk to Lori Kilmartin. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear you? I can hear me. How's that sound to you? <laughs> Horrible. Does it? <laughs> Just because it's my voice. It's not... It's... <laughs> You're fine, yeah. I'm, I'm the, right. not, it's not a critique of your audio equipment or the software you're it's, using. It's you already being uh, insecure about <laughs> the sound of your own voice. Is that it? Is, it's not insecure. Uh, just annoyed? I just don't want to know what it sounds like. There's, yeah. It just don't. It's like a, I'd rather that be in a closet than I didn't have to open. <laughs> Do you feel that way about your stand-up when you watch it on TV? I don't watch it on TV. I sometimes I'll watch when I'm trying to like uh, put together an edited set, you yeah. know, like a heckler set or something like that. And I'll what's the heckler set mean? You know, if if somebody heckles me and uh, or there's some audience interaction and it's yeah. fun, oh, right. and I can kind of string it together. Yeah. You know, there's times where that you have an interaction with this side of the room and this side of the room and you're able to marry them and put the, put it all together and they bing and bop together then that's really fun to put up online i think do you, so you record your sets when you do them in clubs usually yeah yeah a lot of like oh, always? if i can yeah i mean there i'm there's a major backlog and it's horrendous to watch them but <laughs> but i'll be like oh that's the one where you know i can't watch i i you know i i make record of a lot of things but i don't I wish I listened to him more. The, the idea yeah. is that, you know, right, you know, I, I came up with something good. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm going to use that again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't get to it. Yeah. It's a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of sets on my um, my iPhone that I, I should listen to because I, I, like, I'll finally figure out a way to say a joke that was perfect. Yeah. And then... I don't know. Part of me is like, well, if you don't remember, then I guess it wasn't that perfect. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'll just do whatever I can to harm myself. Rationalize it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do that all the time. So it must have been that moment. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be able to recapture that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to think when the first time uh, we met was, um, do you know? Was it, it was in San Francisco? Sure. I remember meeting, I remember talking to you at the zoo. At the did Holy not City like zoo. me. You did not like me. Let's be honest. Really? Well, I... Maybe you're just guarded. You were. A, I think I'm more guarded. A female comedian. Yes. In a world of wolves. Yeah. <laughs> and drug addicts. Yeah. I mean, you're gypsies. Clear, you're clearly, you know, one of those guys that 
roamed the the audience looking for women after the show. Was I? A little bit. Yeah, probably. You had you had more uh, yeah. of that vibe than the um just the a, Jim Earl. Dor- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, so those are the, my two options. Then the safe vibe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, did that, not feel safe around you. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly it. But uh, it, I wasn't. That the, doesn't mean I didn't dislike you. Right. Uh, that you I, did dislike. You didn't mean. Doesn't mean you did dislike me. You, <laughs> you were didn't wary. Feel comfortable around you. You were wary. Yes. Yeah. But you were pretty tough. I think. Weren't you? You seem like a. Think of myself as tough. Um, you don't. No, I don't. Well, how long have you been doing comedy? Since '87. So it's like that's like as long as me almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I started <laughs> yes, in San Francisco. Uh-huh. It has been a long time. You know, I I I have been panicking about my age and my longevity and then Do you talk about do you say how old you are? are I'm 48. You, so I just me, did. I'm 50, yeah. Yeah, I mean I I have a bit on stage that I'm I'm trying to work out a little bit because I don't want to be one of those people that's cagey because then you start it just seems weird. You mean you want to act your age? You want to own it. Yeah, and yeah. not be embarrassed. It's not a thing to be embarrassed about. I don't about. think so. It's like I'm still alive and I haven't quit comedy yet. Yeah. That's kind of, I, I always like it when other people are like that, so maybe it's okay that I'm like that too. No, I think I think it's the right way to go. Yeah. I think it's good for uh, for just being honest with yourself and also for people in the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there are women who are 48. Yes. And in a, a similar position uh, as you in life, yeah. emotionally and otherwise, yeah. and they, they need to be spoken for. Yeah. Do you do you feel that responsibility? I don't. <laughs> They're on their own. Those bitches need to control themselves. No, I uh um I guess I I I want to talk about my own life honestly. That's right. my responsibility. But I don't necessarily think every 48-year-old woman's like, "Oh, me too." Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, yeah, they're right. probably not. But well, there's some are. But you want to be honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so where did you come from? Um <laughs> uh let's see I was born and raised or mostly raised in Walnut Creek, California, which you know is yeah. like a suburb. Uh, yeah, I know I know by yeah, there used to be a punchline out there. Yes. I don't understand I don't understand the Bay Area at all. I okay. lived there for two years. I don't yeah. I don't understand the social economics of it. I don't know who runs things. I would say Walnut Creek's like the Pasadena of the okay. Bay Area. Yeah. So you come from a good family? Uh, yeah, fine. It's a fine. I don't know. I would never describe them as good, but they're not. They're not bad. No one yeah, made they horrible mistakes. They My didn't. parents are still together. And oh, really? Yeah. And you weren't raised in a box, or you know, no, like, just a tract home, classic, <laughs> where like every third house was just like yours, but backwards. And, and what'd your dad do? He uh, was an engineer, a civil engineer, and wow. he traveled a lot. He was. Uh, he worked overseas a great deal of my childhood. Was what was his specialty? Bridges. Yeah, he did bridges and dams. He really? helped to build the Karaj Dam in Tehran, and uh, he worked in Nicaragua and the Philippines and Indonesia and Saudi Arabia. A lot of like, you know, scary, shitty countries. But he went Not over shitty. there. He did. He was uh, the guy who said, like, yeah, you just got to build that. You got to go deeper. Yeah, and I guess you, so. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as he starts talking about what he does, I tune out. Yeah, I, just I, I can't glaze it's over. So boring to me. I took him on the road with me. We went and did a couple triple runs together. And we let's, maybe, let's explain that because I don't. I don't. I think I've, that people have made reference to triple runs, but yeah. I don't think I've explained it. Triple runs are shit gigs. Yes. Through which they're states? Lear- they're learning gigs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, they're, they're, I think they're B or C rooms. Usually yes. they're not comedy clubs. I wouldn't clubs. even say they're rooms. It's, like, it's always Misty's Lounge right. at it's a, subcontracted a Holiday gig. Inn. Right. Yeah, something like that. Right, right. It's yeah. a contract gig. Yes, yes. They, yeah, Barry Katz used to run those in New England. So what what were the states involved in those? Uh, Idaho, Montana, Washington, Oregon, um, 
once I did something in South Dakota for him, but he mostly stayed in those four states and a little bit in Northern California, like Eureka. So that was a reasonable journey for someone who was up north in Northern California, like because we're because there's there's runs in the Midwest that aren't his. I forget that guy's name. And there's runs in New England, yogurt, yoder gigs, yeah, yeah. And then they're the ones uh, up in the in New England area. Every comedy region used to have those gigs yeah are right. there still triple runs yeah is there it... are still triple runs i i kind of want to do one one day again just for nostalgia reasons yeah just see how far you've come <laughs> and realize i haven't come far at all i don't like... know that might be the documentary angle you should <laughs> yeah. get a little crew yeah and do a triple run oh my god Whoa, why don't that you would be do cool that? Yeah, I could do that. I'm dating a guy who does documentaries, so that would be you're a in. cool thing. You're in. You're going to have to pitch him on it, <laughs> and and you're going to have to have him stay relatively objective. Is that possible? I don't think so. He already my he already talked about doing a documentary on me because uh, my dad has cancer, so I'm talking about it on stage, and he's like, I want to show your dad. I want to film him watching you tell jokes about his cancer, and I'm like. Uh, yeah, how do you me, how do you breach that? You yeah. don't want to do that. Um, Does so, he know you're doing jokes about his cancer? No, I think he would assume, but he's he's so he might have like less than two months at this point. So he's so oh my God. addled with radiation and stuff that he's out of it. Yeah, it's not he's not 100 percent there. So. Well, that's sad. Yeah, how old is he? He's 83. That's old. It's the age people. This yeah. happens to people. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. die of something, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I was just went on Facebook this morning, and uh, uh, someone's dad had died. Like, it's it seems like that's the new thing on Facebook. It's not baby pictures anymore. It's that your dad or well, I guess up. our generation, whoever you're going to be friends with on yeah. Facebook, is around our age. Yeah. and I guess mm-hmm. this is the age it happens. Yeah, I don't think about it a lot. I guess I should start thinking about it. My mom just sent me her will, and <laughs> and her last will and yeah. her her living will. Yeah. And she designated my brother as the plug puller, not oh. me. Which I, it's well, probably yeah, I guess, blessing in disguise. Yeah, let him have that responsibility. <laughs> let, let you him get have to be that. the free artist of the family, and he gets to be. Is he? Yeah. Does he have a regular job? And he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I was a little taken aback, but I don't want to make it about <laughs> me. So you, you took your dad on a triple run when you were starting out. Yeah. Were you, so you, were you headlining or featuring or what? I think I was featuring, and uh, so got, that's a half hour. You do a half hour, right? And usually when you're featuring that's like the first time it's a two-man show or is it a two-person right, show right that's the, and classic, the headliner does an hour classic and, shit gig yes, structure. yeah no and mc you of, and you got a lot of times you got to drive the headliner oh every time you have to drive the headliner <laughs> i bought a chevy blazer uh before people were buying suvs like in 1990 i think because mm-hmm. at the time i'm like oh people think i'm a guy on the road and i won't get raped right so uh and this is before that was became like the classic soccer mom type yeah of right right car. right so just uh, just protection yeah was, i remember your tank yes is my tank taking dale van dyke many times uh joe Klosik and i went on the road and yeah it was it, it was fun i i kind of enjoyed it i liked the long drives i liked the between when it got 10 hours between gigs that was that was too much. But when it was like four to six hours, you could just sort of daydream and yeah, yeah. drive through oh, Montana. Great. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I used to, yeah, you can, it's almost meditative. The whole Totally. Eight. Yeah. That's what I would love to, that's, I would more than the gigs, I'd love to drive between the gigs to do that now. Yeah. I, to, I almost did that. Yeah. And, and some part of me remembered, like, I used to do it a lot. Yeah. You know, drive cross country and I'm thought like, that'd be great. But then all of a sudden, like, you know, grown up me, like yeah. me at this age was <laughs> like, like right. I was about to drive to, to Albuquerque and I'm like, yeah. fuck man, that's going to be like 12 hours, 18 hours, whatever it's going to be. I'm going to have yeah. to break it up by two days. Like, I'm just going to fly. <laughs> like, why don't we start slow? Like maybe just drive to Desert Hot Springs or something, see how that goes. Yeah. It always seems like a good idea when yeah, you're not doing it. Until you're four hours in. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're all cramped up and you get out of the right. car and you're like, what the fuck did I do? Right. And, and you realize the interstate isn't that compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all the same. And it's and even like the truck stops are all the same now too. It's not Yeah, there's no glory. There's no, no like individual truck right, stops with the owned right. by the Indian anymore. There's nothing to see. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. it hasn't been just seen. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're with your dad, and what was the experience like that? Uh, uh, I just remember that he frequently wanted to stop at dams and and look at the Columbia River and like it. Every you know the four hour drive took a six hour own because he had to do his nerd tour <laughs> to check out a dam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I, but that's pretty important stuff. I you know it's weird. Don't you ever get that feeling as comedians that when even with your father when you you realize like I'm dealing with an architect and stuff and yeah. it's sort of like wow these people know how to do shit. Yeah. Like they're, they're putting they're things important. together. Yeah. You fly, yeah. When you fly in from somewhere and you see all these buildings and cities, it's like how did that get done? Yeah. Yeah. Guys like your dad went over and assessed yeah. things and yeah. said this is how you can do this. Something burning. It smells like it. Oh man. We we need someone who knows how to put out fires to come. It's not here. my house, is it? Can it be? I'm going to go see if my house is burning down. Okay. I don't think it is, but. We're safe to continue. I'm very chipper today because like, I started Weight Watchers two days ago because I'm a lunatic. But you are, you look, you look great. Why would you start Weight Watchers? I don't know. Because I'm... Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I like to be a certain weight and I was doing that. Um... You must be just five pounds over your weight unless you have. That's about right. Unless you think you're. You know, you have body dysmorphia. Or I do something. have body dysmorphia. Um, Honestly, being diagnosed with it, or you just think you do? I was brought up by an anorexic. My mother's an anorexic, oh. uh, and uh, so I grew up with it. Yeah, but I do have it a bit. Yeah, and uh, no, I wasn't diagnosed with that. I don't need to be diagnosed with that. I mean, I, I, you know, I know when I'm at the right weight. Yeah, and uh, and it's not the right weight for me. Does that make sense? To it you? does make sense, but it's. And I know that when I lose too much weight, my head gets too big. And yeah. I look, I look peculiar, but I feel great. <laughs> well, I, I I can't put myself on a diet because I, I just get crazy about it. I, I was bulimic and I was, just, you know, I went, I was all those things that women are. Really? <laughs> when they're teenagers and in their 20s and 30s. So you've struggled so. with that thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess like the last few years, which maybe I could attribute to age. It's like, I'm so fucking sick of, of that. <laughs> thinking of this and having this be part of my brain and, you know, having a ca- counting my calorie. Like well, when did that start though for you? I mean, when did that eating disorder start? Did it come on at, at a certain time? Oh, I would say when I was, I, I can remember being 12 years old and I was pretty tall and I was a swimmer mm-hmm. and um, I was weighed and our teacher wrote the weights of everyone in the class on the board. Yeah. And I weighed, the most I may, weighed more than all the other girls, but I, I wasn't fat. I was tall, tall. and pretty you, muscular because yeah. I was. But anyway, he wrote our weights on yeah. the board, and I was I was like five eight and one forty, uh-huh. and um, I, I just remember all I just saw was one forty, and the next per- biggest person was this guy named Fritz who was about two hundred pounds. But five eight and one forty—that's not. No, it's fine. Oh, I yeah. yeah, I would kill to be. You know, one forty now. You know, but you're taller than five eight, aren't you? I'm like five nine and a half or something. Oh, okay, yeah. so we're you're, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I weigh more than you. I must weigh more than you. I don't. I don't I'm five eleven. I don't. Do you want to? I, no, I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real busty. You're not busty. No, no, I, I am not busty. Yeah. I think I'd have a real problem if I was busty. <laughs> I, my issues would be very different. <laughs> but but I I am a little crazy because yeah. Like I don't. Like over after over the holidays, I'd gotten to a weight where I was clearly I it was not comfortable. Right. I just you know there is I haven't fluctuated much within seven or eight pounds in on a long time. Yeah. 
but I'd rather be a certain weight. Sure, sure. So I was so doing. Do you weigh yourself constantly? No. Okay. I do not. I hardly ever weigh myself at all. But um, but I know that if I'm at my healthy weight, according to the doctor for my height, my head looks strange. Oh, my, my, yeah. I have a big head and my body's not, I'm not going to get I don't feel thing. like you have a big head. I appreciate that. Um, that's all I'm looking for here is compliments. <laughs> I, I think I think we're done talking. <laughs> but um, but I was doing that 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 paleo kind of thing and I was like, fuck yeah. this, man. How, I mean, it's just gross. I want to eat shit that I like. Yeah. So I was like, I enjoyed Weight Watchers. One time I got up to 200 and that's heavy for me. That, and I lost yeah. like 17 or 18 pounds in Weight Watchers. Yeah. And just the control of it, just doing math problems all day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like a hobby. Yeah. So I just thought I'd do it for a little while. Now they have an app and you can look Ugh. at more right. time in your in your cell phone, right? Um, your smartphone. Just more it's like more more apps that help you live your life. I don't uh, have but your apps. life is now just looking at your smartphone. That's, so Yeah, I get that. But I mean they, you can also go on the computer. But wait, so okay, so you got an eating disorder when you're like thirteen? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean very I just started getting very obsessed with food and, mm-hmm. and, and tracking it and then uh I was bulimic, but I wasn't like I. I did. Oh, you remember I did a like a report on anorexia, which mm-hmm. is how I learned and bulimia. Like I, you know, were learned you, all how, about but it. But how bad and, were you? Could you throw up without using your? No, finger? I couldn't. I that was the problem. <laughs> I couldn't make myself throw up, and I was like, I fucking can't even do this. Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm a failure on on every level. And I remember going to OA meetings, listening to the bulimics, going. Oh, if only I could. <laughs> you know, they're crying. <laughs> I threw up six times a day. I'm like, oh, man. And uh, like I had to, um, I would s- eat food and ch- chew it, but I would spit it out in baggies. And I would, it, it was completely gross. I had baggies of chewed up food that I would have in my car. And at the end of the day, I would throw them away. Oh, that's gross. It is really gross. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have been a vomiter. You know, but it, it, yeah. So you got the experience of eating mm-hmm. without eating. Yeah. And you, I would do like uh, just food that you couldn't, you know, secretly swallow. You know, like you couldn't, like a peanut butter sandwich is always good because there's no moisture in it. Right. So you couldn't like you just get a few cows down. Oh, so you were like so aware yes. that you couldn't yes. let anything I'm like, go I down. swallowed. I swallowed a little, a little bit. bit on that one. But what would you eat for sustenance then? Um, I don't remember. Just other stuff. Oh. You know, there's food that went down and food that didn't go down. And and you just drive around with uh, chewed up food. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, yeah. <laughs> <How'd> you... <laughs> I do, it, that sounds so bleak. And I'm like, I don't want that to be me or what my legacy. You? It's not your legacy. Amber here. What, what? What? It, isn't, it isn't your legacy or yeah. is it you? Because you've, you've reckoned with it. It was thing I did a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, you've reckoned with it. Yes. But it, you were plagued by it for a long time. Yes, yes. In one form or another. Yes, yes, in one form or another. And, you, and you, I can't count obsession as a form as as vile and um, uh, harsh to your life as the actual acting out and getting rid of food in whatever way you yeah, do it. You yeah, know? yeah, it's 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 it is horrible, and I think a lot of people have it. I think more men have it than admit it. It would seem like it. It seems like Certainly guys now, are talking about it a lot more. Yeah, I mean, there's a, like just because uh, I, I mean, in one form or another, I think it's primarily a control thing, isn't yeah. it? Right. I mean, is that what you learn? What'd you learn from moving through that? I don't. I I remember it was uh, this just vi- need to be v- like violent with my mouth and just yeah. ch- just chew. Right. And somehow that made me feel better. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it, of course, it was best if you could f- 
eat the whole eat it, but I I was trying to not gain weight. So yeah, that was yeah. the best solution I can come up with. Right. With my very limited emotional skills, I was like, this is a great idea. I I solved it. You know. Yeah. Uh, solved the I'm puzzle. I'm a genius. Yes. I'm a, I'm a uh, anorexic genius. Yeah. It's disgusting, so I can't brag about it. Right. But I, you know. Well, you weren't throwing up. That's true. Yeah, you were. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, you. It was almost like you were um, doing a, a takeover and over again in a film where you had to eat. <laughs> I was like a movie star. A movie You're star. Right. That's that. Uh, now that sounds a lot better yeah. than me driving around in the car yeah. with bags of Cheetos. Yeah, food, no, just if picture, you don't mind. That's right. Picture someone going cut. We're gonna have to do it again, Lori. <laughs> could, could someone give her the spit bag? We don't want. You, we don't want you to eat that. I mean, who could yes. eat that much? Now you're. Yeah. Is exactly. that better? I like it. Thank you. Thanks so, for the upsell. But did you uh, did you you went to therapy for it and everything else? Yeah, I've been to the therapy for a long time. I, I I went through a period where I'm like, okay, I'm not getting rid of food. And what if I eat it, it goes down and it stays down. And I gained a lot of weight and right. it was horrible. Yeah. And then it started to subside. Like I, I, I at one point I like I ate enough Snicker bars <laughs> and I didn't need them anymore. I used to save the wrappers in yeah, some yeah, weird yeah. ritual. I would really? flatten the wrappers and save them and have a collection. Okay, so that's better than chewed up food. A yes. collection of Snicker wrappers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah. Then it slowly. It wasn't like a dramatic thing. It just sl- slowly started to slip away. And then when I like I moved stand up into my life, that right. that starts to take up room in your brain that was otherwise occupied by food and your weight. How long did it take you to talk about uh, eating disorders in your stand up? Um, I didn't want to too much because it's too, spe- uh, too it specific. Was too, at the time. There weren't a lot of female comics, and the ones that were were always talking about weight. And I didn't want to be, you know, I I just was like, I I want to get away from that. And it was hard to do without being self-deprecating, and I sort of didn't want to be like that either. So it was more of a decision not to be like other people that I'd seen than a decision to actually, an artistic decision. Let's talk about this hitting bottom, though, where you decided you'd eaten enough Snickers bars. (laughs) I mean, so that was was a moment. That was a moment. Like there was a a compulsive need to just... Keep eating. There things. was there. It wasn't. I, I I don't want to tie it to a Snickers bar. Okay. But there was a moment where I w- or I realized I I can't. This isn't working. Okay, I'll try this because right. nothing else is working. Right. And also I'll give this a shot, and I might gain weight. And I was terrified of gaining weight, and I did, and it was this. Scariest thing has ever happened to me is to gain. You're like, it's I'm like ma- you're you're making me. Squirrely. Yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gaining weight and I can't stop eating, and <sighs> I and I'm letting myself go there, and I'm not going to punish myself or hate myself. And then I just, I I, I reached a certain point where I didn't. I don't know that that part of me is like, you're really gonna let me eat everything? I was like, yeah. yeah. And then that part of me is like, okay, well, I guess I don't have to have this fourth dinner like they started to so when to you recede, actually ate, the amount of food i needed started to recede when i started to kind of treat myself differently oh yeah and when you actually felt that the the thing you were most afraid of yeah getting happened, fat happened and and you were able to sort of like sit in that yeah and pull back from it in a natural way yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't completely, you know, this really happy moment. It was most it was terrifying a lot of the times, and I was miserable a lot of times. But there was times where I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, you know, and um, and then it's again. Then I, I, I think because I didn't want to. I, I also had this thing where I think a lot of people do. I'm not going to do something until I'm thin. 
And then I just was like, I'm not going to let myself be like that anymore. So I, I when like I started doing like or, buy clothes, yeah. I took a modeling class when I was fat, and it was, you know, I'm like, I want pretty pictures of myself, and I'm just, I'll be fat in a pretty picture. And was that a, a test of your of kind your of? New... It was just sort of like a new way to yeah, treat yeah. myself, and, I think. Instead how, of like, how are the you pictures? Broke these rules, so you're not allowed to right. s- smile in a picture. Right. You know, you know, right. or I'm right. just right. a person that had a ton of rules about myself, and. And this was like, all right, let's try something else. How those? How the photo shoot go? Well, I mean, they're they're mortifying now. <laughs> I'm like 19, <laughs> obese, and trying to look hot, like Linda Evangelista or something. It's horrifying, but it's like I remember being really excited yeah. that that I was trying that. You know, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, so you didn't destroy the pictures? I have them. I have them. My mother destroyed all evidence of her as a fat person. Really? All of it. That's a uh, crazy. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's self-destruct. That's, I don't want to be reminded that that's yeah. who I was. So you were 19 and that was 19 where you or 20 sort of took yeah. the turn into being healthier. But, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it's rem- very slow, See, very slow turn. Well, I tried to do that and I'm, I'm speaking to you as a, a slightly anorexic man because mm-hmm. I, I know it's ridiculous that I'm on Weight Watchers, but it feels great to do it. Uh, because I might have I, a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was brought up in a certain way. Yeah. By the type of person I was. But like, I always do that. It's like, like, I'm 50. Why can't I just be okay with, you know, like, I yeah. don't look bad. Yeah. And even if I put on 10, 15 pounds, it's not going to be the end of the world. Correct. And, it, but like, the thought, like, even when I get a little on me. Yeah. Or if I feel that I do. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I do not feel like I deserve to exist. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I still have that. I mean, you, it, the thing is, like, you're never going to get rid of that voice in your head, but you want to develop the one that that it's has like, common hey, sense. Right. Like, it doesn't right. matter. You're alive. You don't have cancer. You're, right. Right. Things are okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you got through that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and no one do you have brothers and sisters? I have a sister. Did she have it? Um I don't she might have had food. I don't feel comfortable commenting oh, yeah, sure, on whatever sure, sure. food issue she might have. I just have. wonder where those things come from. I know exactly where mine came from. And I think it's cultural with a lot it's of women. It's cultural and it's, you know, um I mean, I was a swimmer, so I was in a swimsuit all the time and getting right. weighed and all that kind of shit. Were and... you like a, a good swimmer? I was good-ish. Did you have some uh, na- national times? Did you rank in regional times? I wasn't yeah. that good. I was. Yeah. I had dreams of being good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I mean, I worked really hard. I was like in a, a crew. I was on a team of really good swimmers. And, and what, so I was in the for middle. school or? Uh... Uh, I swam AU and then I swam at UCLA for a little bit. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was on a swim team for a couple of years when I was young. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. I had a B time in breaststroke. That's Nice. Time. I was yeah. a breaststroker right. as well. Were you? Yes. Yeah. Tuner breast. Tuner meter breast. That's a, I think I maybe got it in the 50. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only one I could seem to manage yeah. was the breaststroke. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I would argue that's as... Uh, that's the second hardest stroke. I think fly butterflies are hardest. And Backstroke for me was uh, inc- impossible. It's uncomfortable because yeah. you're staring in the sun a lot of the time. But... Yeah, and it's just like I never felt like I could quite get the rhythm of it. Yeah. So when did you start doing stand-up? How old were you? I was 22. After college? Uh, after, yeah, I dropped out and I sort of floated around and went to fix myself. I always thought I was going to go back to college, what but then I found drama. You know? Oh, okay. So it how long did you go for? A, a little less than a year. I dropped out my freshman year. Oh, you didn't never finish? No, no. I still, I still feel like a failure because I would love to finish one day. You can, right? Yeah, but I won't. Yeah, it's not yeah. that interesting to me. But it's good it's... to have something hanging over you that yeah. you can beat the shit out of yourself <laughs> it, for. 
for the it rest really of your is. life. Yeah, yeah you want to have I at least one of those Do you things. enjoy feeling inferior to all the Harvard grads I know? Yeah, and also like you, now that you've gotten food under control, you don't want to feel <laughs> entirely <laughs> good yeah, about Yeah, I don't yourself. want to be a complete badass, correct. So intellectually, <laughs> I am inferior to everybody. So you drop out of school yes. to, uh, to to wrestle with weight. Yes. And and what got you into stand-up? Because um, you're a great stand-up, by the way. I, I like your stand-up. Thanks. I've always liked it. You have a real voice. You're funny. You've got guts. And uh, you're one of those people where I'm like, what about Lori? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's that's what my career is, is is other people have to go, hey, what about Lori? (laughs) Like no no one who's actually making the decisions thinks of me. It's somebody else going, hey, remember her? I was weird. I just feel like I'm constantly on the side. Well, I think I think it's, you know, but, you know, when you really look at comedy as a business, I mean, most people are on the sidelines. Yeah, and I I I know, I know, I know. It's like it's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was on the sidelines for years, except mm-hmm. for a small number of people that you know knew me in the comic community. Right, like, right. I was known, but I was right. no national superhero or anything. It's a fucking tough racket. I can't believe you did Conan that many times, and no one and gave you a shit. Famous. <laughs> That's it's, crazy. It's, it's bizarre. It's is, baffling. Yes, yes. And I think, in retrospect, I know what it was. I just wasn't quite clicking. It wasn't all together. Yeah. You know, it was like me sort of wrestling with me. Yeah. You know? right, it, right, right. I didn't have a. A voice, a clear voice. Yeah, I don't think that happened until a few years ago. Well, I guess I mean you're when you're on your way to your voice, yeah. you're still that's still your voice. I mean, I don't I don't think Kinda. any other twenty eight year old comic has has any more of a voice than you had when they were twenty eight. But well, it, maybe it's more accessible to maybe. You know, I, I, don't I don't know. know. It just seemed like I was trying to resolve something other than just telling jokes. Oh yes, like okay. I was on some yes, yeah. That my it never felt like like hey he's got an act. It always felt right. like. Uh, I hope he works this shit out. You know <laughs> Good what I luck mean? to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not quite contained enough to be an entertainer. But what what in, what inspired you to do it? I mean, who'd you see that made you feel like? Uh, uh, well, Dana Carvey would be the guy that I saw that I was like before oh. he got famous. Yeah, before he got famous, right before SNL, right before he got SNL, he was in, in the Francisco. Bay Area. He was just working regular rooms, and I re- I would listen to um, I was cleaning houses. Yeah, I listened to Bennett in the morning, Alex Bennett. I was as a house cleaner. Yeah, uh, in Orinda, and I, you were a house cleaner. Yeah, I, I had dro- when I dropped out. I mean, I hit bottom. <laughs> not that cleaning houses is hitting bottom, but right. it was like not not probably the path everyone. <laughs> would hoped I would be on but Wait, I was did you feel like you were you were is like self penitence like that you know like you were like I'm dropping out of college I'm going to I'm going to live differently and I'm going to punish myself something like that and also because I'd been a competitive swimmer like my whole the family moved their life around me and I had work out in the morning and I'd work out at night and I had swim meets on the weekend and so you know I never had family dinner and I never was part of right. what everyone else was doing yeah. so I kind of felt like I there was like this weird dominance I had in the family that I probably shouldn't have. Like right. I should have just been a kid. Right. Um, so I think I wanted to have like a real job. I'm like, I, I knew people my age had had jobs before and I was just, you know, supposed to swim really well. You're that on was this my track. job. Yeah. 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 And so um, I, I also did need, you know, money, but I was living with my parents, but I, I just got a job house cleaning. I'm like, what's it? I, you know, I didn't clean anything. My mother did everything yeah, for right. me. Like I didn't, I, the first couple of jobs that I got a lot of complaints cause I didn't know how to clean things, Ugh. you know, <laughs> and it took me like eight hours to do a four hour job cause I it's so funny. was I, not efficient at all. I tried yeah. that. I tried that too. I mean, I worked in restaurants and stuff in, in, when I was in high school and I, you know, I always had jobs, but I remember when I was in college, I was like, I, I want to earn some extra money. I'm going yeah. to be a gardener. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I it's, it seems earthy and like you're like right. you're just a regular person. And you know? I and I ripped up someone's entire garden, and <laughs> and I you know I thought I was pulling weeds, and she right. was like, "What did you do? Oh my god!" And I'm like, "What? You wanted that stuff? I thought it was so. I, I did did such a great job with." with Oh my god! Yeah, I got horrible moment. Yeah, I got a complaint. She didn't get to the kitchen, and I spent so much time in this people's <laughs> bedroom. But her, be- I thought it looked pristine, but yeah. I just didn't. It, it, that's get funny to the though kitchen. when you when you do have an entitled childhood. Is I yeah. yeah, they're coming in and they're they're criticizing you, and you're like, but wait, but, <laughs> did you see, did you see? <laughs> your bed is it's it's made perfect? I made it four times to make sure it was good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but you got the hang of it. Yeah, but I remember listening to Alex Bennett and like Warren Thomas was on all the time and mm-hmm. and Bobcat and mm-hmm. um, I guess Dana Carvey was on too. But I, I mostly remember I, I have a distinct memory of cleaning a house in Orinda and I didn't know the dad of the house was home. Yeah, and I turned Alex Bennett way up and yeah. I was Warren Thomas was just being filth as filthy as you can be on the radio. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god! And then the dad walked in and I was. You're terrified i'm like oh you heard me listening to this you know but it was very it was very almost sexually exciting to be listening to this comedy because yeah, i'd yeah. never you know i i'd been raised on carol burnett which was a different kind of comedy but right. to hear this club stuff was yeah, like, yeah it yeah. was so filthy and, yeah. and exciting and yeah. what are they talking about and i'm a virgin and oh my god you yeah, know and yeah, yeah so i i remember you know starting to see those guys i would just go by myself i would you know Go by myself to the punchline and to the other cafe, and when you're like 22, yeah, 21? I guess 21, maybe. So it's like the early 80s, again. or no? Uh, 80. It must have been 85 ish. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I went and watched a lot of comedy, and, and the it zoo took was me... still around. Oh, the zoo was around till even after I left and went to it New York. Was there when I got there? In yeah, 92. Yeah, but it was sad. So like in the mid 80s, it was probably cranking. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. You go down there and um... like who did you see? You saw Warren. Yeah, although I mostly did the open mics, you know. I didn't. I saw some. Oh, well, like Warren, I would see at the Punchline or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Yeah, but it, like, so you wouldn't go see the shows at the Holy City Zoo. You just go uh, when you started there. Sometimes I'd see them, but mostly I tried to get up on stage every night. So if I wasn't on the show, I didn't necessarily go to a lot. And that of was it. sort of like the heyday of SF comedy. Yeah, really, I mean, you could get up 80s. on stage every single night if you were willing to drive. I, I just was, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning out my stuff out of my parents house yeah. as they're getting ready to you know shift whatever and um uh i found calendar you know going to petaluma on tuesday in the sacramento and they're all just open you found mic. your old calendar yes yeah 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 and it's just, isn't it's it just... wild to see how much we chased it then oh my god like i've yeah. got my old calendars and it was like you know just every night yeah you know, driving to those uh like the the equivalent of those uh triple runs yeah 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 you know, yeah like, two or three hours yeah, yeah every yeah. night for a free set yeah or ten dollars you get $10 yeah yeah it or was, something. yeah it's crazy like because yeah. i don't remember myself being that ambitious or compelled yeah. But I know I was. Yeah. But like it was all you thought about. I oh, mean, yeah. you didn't do oh, anything yeah. else. Yeah. And you'd hang around with comics. But at that time, so you, you just started going to the punchline and was like, was Dana Gould still around? And uh, like who was? He was there, but he wasn't like he was a hi- way ahead of me. No, so I know. Like, I know. But yeah, like I mean, I'm just trying a, to think like who you class. were seeing. Like Ooh. you were seeing, like was Kevin Meany still there? Was Paul Poundstone? Kevin Meany was still there. Paul Poundstone was still there. Yeah, Kevin and, Meany asked and, him many and times. And Dana was there, and yes. Slayton, yes, Slayton and, many uh, times. And Ruben, yes, yes. And, uh, like like that whole crew, and Robin would be you in see, and out. Sue Murphy, Sue Murphy, Sue Murphy. Like I did the competition in '92. Yeah, did you do it? I did. I did the competition twice. I think '95 and because I did it in '92 and '93. Yeah, was that right or not? 
93, 94, one of them. Remember getting in was like the best thing that ever happened to you? Well, I think it was being... like, those must have been like the last years where it felt yeah. vital. Right, right, right. Where you were like playing, or the payoff was good. Yes. And the and if you made it to the final five, I mean, the show was big. Oh my God, yeah. I you lost, could win I came significant in, money. And you'd be, book, you'd be headlining all these rooms. Right, you know? I came in second in 94. Wow. To Carlos, I was rocking. It was me, it was Carlos and me, and then I think Patton and Rick Kearns and... Rick Kearns. I saw him in Denver. Rick yeah. Kearns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. There was a, a night to get in the in the top 40, and they had the final- uh, Do you remember just looking at those numbers going, what? What do these numbers mean? Like, oh, the po- grades? Oh, yeah. the judging? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What is that? I did it with Vince Champ. He was in one of my years. Vince the Champ is, the, uh, is in jail. Yes, yes. yes. And uh, But I, I, I beat Margaret Show to get in the top 40 one year. Did you have what's the highest you made it in the competition? I got twelfth. That's good. Yeah, I think that's what I did the first year I went out there. I guess I guess I did it in ninety two and ninety three. Yeah, yeah. I came in like fourteenth the first year when I first moved to San Francisco. Yeah, it's then... so it's it's so it's so interesting to see who who, it was who did it, and, and you yeah. just saw people melt down. Oh my god! Like a, I thought I yes. saw Shang. You remember Shang? Shang, yes. He yes. just lost yes. it. He just fucking came unhinged, <laughs> man. Shang wasn't shangry. He was he was sad. He, I did, the Seattle competition was also yeah. just as crazy. And yeah. I remember uh I don't want to say the guy's name, just like getting angry and and like and and like boxing, shadow boxing backstage and uh-huh. just like, ah, oh, dude. Just Relax. it doesn't matter that much. You yeah, know? but you're in it and it's weak. I know it takes forever. It, yes, yes. For the for the first forty and then you get down to what, twenty, and then yeah. you get down to ten, yeah. and then you get down to five. Yeah. It went on for like six weeks, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. John Fox, about. who made all that money? <laughs> Did you do his gigs too? I still do. I still work the underground. And then there was that one on the island. There was one. Ba- on, was it Bainbridge? I don't know if it was Bainbridge or yeah, another one. Yeah, I remember you were talking about. It. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had to take a ferry yeah. out to this weird bar. Yeah. And there's like all I remember is that the bar had some sort of keno game or a bingo game. Or <laughs> I, I don't. There was something there that was that freaked so me out. Dis- this, just so just so much distraction. One time I I did I was on a triple run. It was like I think in Jackpot, Nevada. It was like a really small town in yeah. Nevada off I eighty. Yeah. And y- you're on stage. The stage is like a semicircle, and then in front of you is the bar. Yeah. The full bar. Is your bartender working? And then in front of you is a, a circle of slot machines, and then the audience starts. But the first row of the audience is sitting at the slot machines, which are at the bar. Like they have to look through so many obstacles to I even see you as a performer. Uh. I couldn't do it. I don't think I could handle it anymore. Oh yeah, no, I no, no. I no. mean, I did a lot of those kind of gigs where you're just like the you, you're just an addition on. You're yeah. just some weird thing that they do once a week. Yes, yeah. And it mm-hmm. was. Uh, and I don't even know how I had the fortitude to do it. Yeah. But you did it. It was like against all odds. Yeah. To, to, to maintain attention. Yeah. And to to sort of do well within the like in Boston, it was very regional. So all yeah. the acts were regional. I wasn't. I was some like tightly. Yeah. You don't seem like a Boston Jewish. guy. At yeah. All. I was. Yeah. Like this, yeah. I was. I, was uh, I, I guess we should be grateful and 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 pat ourselves on the back for fucking living through that. Yeah, shit. you seem like a San Francisco comic. You don't seem like a. Boston well, when comic. I got to San even Francisco, even though you were only there for a couple of years, it made a big difference. Though. Yeah, it was sort of like, oh, this is where you can just talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll take anything here. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be very very patient. They're very yeah. supportive. They, uh, you yeah. just noodle around for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was mind changing. So okay, so you go. 
So you established yourself there, but you didn't move here first? I moved to New York for... Because I remember, I was in yeah. New York when you moved to New York, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I, I, I don't remember you being very happy there. Really? Were I, you? You know, maybe my memory is flawed. Like, I remember, it was very difficult, but I loved it. And when I had to leave, I was, you know, pretty upset. It was like I had a week to leave, you know, because I got a job out here. But, um, uh, yeah, but I loved it, it. Isn't that where you had your kid? Yeah, I did have my kid there. Yeah. What was the whole story? How did all that work out? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> He's still alive. I no, still I have him. No, I know. But uh, I mean, like... So you're out here, yeah. And uh, and what? what okay, what, so I, what I, made you go to New York? I um, I did Montreal. Yeah, I got new faces. Right. So what year you I was think? preparing for my sitcom that you yeah. know, like I think ninety seven, uh-huh. maybe ninety eight, because mm-hmm. I moved to New York you, in ninety nine. Did you get a deal? Out no, of I didn't get a deal. Okay. No, I don't so, get. No, but, but I don't you, get deals. But you I've never like, had a deal in my entire career. You're gonna not even have. You're gonna. <laughs> You think yeah. it's gonna come? Yeah, um, yeah. I can't quit till I have a deal. Well, yeah, I mean, now you're a big, big, fancy writer. I yeah, mean, you, sure. Theoretically, you could. Yeah, maybe you, you could get in the room with something. Yeah, I could. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I I stayed with uh, Ray James, and he had he was in this incredible loft in Williamsburg, which must be that. a million dollar, just unbelievable now. But back then, it was like junky, and when um, he had, well, it was just him and his guitars. Yeah, him and his guitars, and he had some roommate that lived on the other end of the loft, and it was so big that they had separate entrances, and they never saw each other. I feel other. like I've been to that loft once. Like, all the guitars were on a shelf yeah, in yeah, cases, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't seen him in a long time, it was, man. It was great. So, okay, so you leave Montreal, 98, you're like, this is it. I'm, I, I I'm went on to the New map. York. I'm yes, I thought map. I was on the map. I went to New York, and I'd done Lifetime Girls Night Out, and so I'm like, I have a TV credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to New York, and it's, you know, of course it's meaningless. I, re- I remember I, when I first got there, I got some spots at the Strip, and- um, I remember seeing you there. I did not know what I, like, a, a New York audience, it takes- it took yeah. me years to figure them out. You got to be tight. Yes. And you kind of like, I just felt like I had this, sh- like the sheen of Walnut Creek, California all over me. And it, it just showed that I'd, I'd only worked road rooms. I'd only worked for other, for white middle-class audiences uh-huh. who were just like me. Like I only right, knew right, how to speak right. to people that were like me. Yeah. And, um, New York, you really have to figure out how to talk to everybody. And you kind of have to get dirty and get messy and have horrible experiences there before you feel like you're one of them. Yeah, you, you know? got to get sort of, uh, you got to fight it out. Yeah. You know, there's no vulnerability. Yeah. You, right. know, you can't be like, oh, what am I going to do tonight? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You can't. Yes. You be prepared. Yeah. You got 12 minutes. Right. And so when I was at the strip, it was like a packed house. And I was used to killing in front of packed houses. Like mm-hmm. I'd done it in South Carolina. I'd done it all over the place. And every, you know, so many states I'd driven to in my dumb blazer. And I just bombed. And Couldn't I was like, how's this happening? <laughs> what? What's happening? What? Did I not tell Horrible. that joke right? Like I was going over the joke in my head as soon as I touched, you finished it because I it, there was this silence or this like a pity laugh. It's just your attitude. Your I think attitude. so. You were too comfortable. There was something. Yeah, that New was Yorkers not, don't tolerate much sort they, of like they, you know, like they can smell it on it's you. It's weird. Yes, and then when and you also the other thing to learn is when one joke works is not to panic. And I didn't. I panicked immediately because that didn't happen to me. I, oh, yeah. I I'm solid. I was yeah. like always killed. Your opener. If your opening yes. joke didn't work, you just 
You just tumble like, through the like rest. Like, I don't got another one. Yeah, yeah, The next yeah. four are callbacks to this one. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it took a while of... of uh, Panicking through. Yeah, doing all these kind of ratty rooms in New York where I kind of like got a feel for it, you mm-hmm. know, and then like I... Like what, New I, York Comedy Club and those kind of things? Yeah, or? New York Comedy Club. They had this, they had the the nice room and then they had the... the sh- closet <laughs> shop. At the end, Weird. it was such a fire hazard, it, but it was great. Like The nice room, that's an overstatement. They had, <laughs> They had that one back room with the broken mic always. Yeah. And the I shitty can't. mic stand. Then there's that closet sized room where the you closet. saw yourself in a mirror. And, and literally, <laughs> no. it, was just, it was like this long, narrow room. Yes. And there was only room for one row of people. Right in front of right you. In front but of to you, the left were like, like pockets of many. 40 people yeah. way, way back. And they were angry because the they were promised a the show worst. they could see. The <laughs> and they're just seeing you in profile from very far away. It but, was, but, but it was the best. Yeah. Because it really helped me. You know, Develop. figure it out, yeah. work it out. Yeah, yeah. And you were in New York for how long? Uh, ten years, ten years. And that's where you met your husband. Well, oh my God, I no, I was never married, and so no, we were never married. No, oh. that's a yeah, that's he's where a I, comic. He's a comic. We actually met in um, Texas, where he was. We were working together, and so he at, came to at New which, York uh, in Austin or River, San Antonio. Uh, 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 River Center. Oh yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so then we had a kid, and then that didn't work out. Right. And, uh, <laughs> skip to and did, i'm here did, you had a kid like from that week you met him no we we were together for a few years and then i got pregnant surprisingly i wasn't trying to get pregnant it was like a it was an accident and it, was there a struggle to decide whether you were going to have a no because i was 40 and i was like i, I just was I, I didn't comprehend the enormity of what i was taking on i was like what the yeah. You know, and if I'm going to have one, this is it. Yeah, this is it. And yeah. at that time, like Anna Nicole Smith had just had a kid. And I'm like, she can do it. And you know, like, <laughs> it was all these, I'm, but Great. I used all these bad examples. Good I'm like, models, these yeah. people can do it. Sure. I can do it. Sure. You know, sure. Um, You're doing better than her, I think. <laughs> I am a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so, all right. So you have a child. Right. And the relationship doesn't work out. The relationship doesn't like, work out. Like, how soon after you had the child? Um, when he was three, we split up. Almost, I can't even imagine how, like, what because he doesn't, it's not like he's a huge comic, so you got to worry about, yeah, making a living. Yes, you got to worry about, you know, like who's going to take care of this, right? I have to be way more responsible than I want to be, and I still resent it every day that I have to, like, if I want to, like, I got to wake up at six, (laughs) like, if I want to get the things done, I need to get done, and I and I I long for those days. I remember those days where I lived with my parents on Walnut Creek and I was driving to the city every night and I would wake up at 11 and I would go swimming and it was like the easiest day and I would just get all excited for my five minute set at the zoo that night. Yeah, like yeah. that was the most fun, even though it was broke, it was so fun, yeah. you know? And now it's, I have a to-do list and- How old's the kid now? He's seven. We help him with homework. He's he's in a Spanish immersion, so I have to do his homework with him in Spanish, and you know it's it's just a lot. What's it's, a Spanish immersion? They, he's taught entirely in Spanish, and so he doesn't he's he will be like fluent and um, have a native accent by the time he's in sixth grade. What, what was that decision writing. about? Um, it's the the benefits of bilingual education are immense, and yeah. uh, it's either. You know, isn't it was the, free. Is the father Latino, isn't he? He is, but he doesn't really. Yeah. He's not like a Spanish speaker. So, okay. So you've got a three-year-old. Your right. relationship is falling apart. You're yes. in New York at that time? I'm in LA. You're, I, oh, this after you left New York. Yes. And I, yeah, we- You we guys both, were together in New York? We came out to LA together and then, then we broke up uh-huh. pretty soon after that. And- um and then I've got a three-year-old. I get fired. I was writing for Bonnie Hunt, and I got fired. 
That and show didn't last long, though. No, it didn't. Right. Um, and How did you get that gig? Um, that that's was- That's why you moved? That's why I moved. I, I, before that, I was, I had, I, I wrote on Tough Crowd and- Right, right. Um, uh, Ferguson and Adam Did, did you get your first, uh, your first writing gig just by submitting? To t- yeah, to Tough Crowd. That was my first gig. And um, I never even considered that I would be a writer, a professional writer. It just didn't seem like me. I was like, oh, I'm a road comic. And it seemed like, oh, they're all smarter than me. And um, and then at Tough Crowd, you know, Colin, Colin Quinn, he hired every comic. I'm like, oh, they're not smarter than me. I'm just, and, and then when I saw guy. some of the writers, I was like, you got to be shitting me. That guy's been written a joke in 20 years. He's a writer. I want to be a writer. If, if, it, if that's what, he, and and that's when I, I started pummeling him with jokes. I, yeah, I, yes. You I, guys were friends before. Yes, yeah. we did a show, um, Rick Newman at Catch a Rising yeah. Star. He, he put me on a show that went to Guantanamo. He did a show at Gitmo uh, for a, a USO show and Colin was on the show and that's how I met him and that's how I heard about the tough crowd, and I and I just said, "Can I can I submit to you guys? Can I please, please?" And and um, I had to do like. And you had a kid at this time? No, no, no. Not I yet. didn't have a kid. I was just. I was like, I want to be part of this. Right. I wanted to be part of that world. I wanted to be part of the seller. I wanted to be part of whatever tough right. crowd was. I was like, that's what I want. That's that's what I connect with as a comic. Is that kind of right? Kind of rough comedy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I like that kind of comedy too. And that that wasn't. They didn't really do that in San Francisco. That's no. I think I definitely felt thing. when I moved to New York. I'm like, ah, oh, this yeah. is what I've always wanted. This is the team. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Colin took to you and, and he Yeah, they I ended in. up getting hired and so I was there for both seasons and um you know that was terrifying. You know, it, it wasn't a ton of writing either, but I, I now I know some jobs are all writing. Like I the job I'm on now is writing constantly. Well, Tough Crowd was a very rare and weird show. Yeah. I mean, you really yeah. like it, you know, tonally, you just mm-hmm. didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. Right, right, right. And it right. was wild to be on it. Yeah. And it was it was amazing that the crew that came out of that. Yeah. And, yep. you know, it's sad that, you know, like uh, a few guys are dead now. The, yes. The, the regulars. Yes. But Geraldo, Patrice. And mm-hmm. Mike D. Yep. But and uh, but the tone of it was like unlike anything else. Yeah. It was just like, what is going on? I know. Like, you, like, it's like who's in charge? And when you did it, man, those segments went by so fast. You're like, well, but I didn't get my yeah, thing in. And yeah. you're changing the topic. And yeah. oh, my God. It was it's it was mind blowing. It's to a do shame that it went, it went. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Yes. Because you've got to, you know, not only do you have to have your little bit, but you've got to, you know, try and get a word in with Patrice. Yeah. There. Yeah. Patrice. Yeah. Patrice when, would love it when you were trying to set up a joke and he would just jump all over it. And and now the real fun is you have to rebound to that. You you can't be like, but but I didn't finish this punchline yeah. I wrote last night. You, oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if I knew Patrice was on, I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> Now it's like I know, I know, you're just gonna yeah. have to deal with Patrice. Yes, the entire right. show is gonna be dealing it's about with Patrice. Patrice. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were were relatively diplomatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but when Patrice was Nick, on, I was like, oh. Nick and Greg and Jim would know when yeah. you weren't for a joke, yeah. and, and, and Voss like, yeah, too, yeah. and Keith. And, but yeah, Patrice, Patrice would tolerate nothing. He would, he would yeah. smell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You look like you think you're proud of this one. <laughs> Pow! Oh my god. Oh, he was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first writing gig. Out. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then you just kind of moved from there because I never did the writing thing. But you know, once well, you did, you had your Buzzcock show, right? Yeah, but I I didn't write for that. I, okay. you know, I was you know that was a disaster. Oh. Uh, but um, uh, but I, the the ex- first experience I've really had writing is with with Marin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like, so from from Tough Crowd, you were now a writer and you were able to market yourself that way. Is that the yes. way it worked? It, it was weird. Like I, the, the show ended and I and uh, no one was happy it ended. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like right. We were all just sort of like shocked. Oh, God damn yeah. it. And then 
Uh, and for no reason. What, what is their reasoning on anything? It's just, yeah. it was, it's always been sort of like, why? Yeah. Why? What, what, what would well, you it know, hurt you? Even if, I think they might have had Colbert in the wings, which right. is, Colbert's great, but you know what? You could push Tough Crowd a half hour later. Yeah, you put it at Yeah, one. put it at midnight when it- cares? Yes. Yeah. And, it, and you know, it's it, it, if they had just lasted another year, it was so clippable. I mean, yeah. it would be perfect now for just oh, video. Even now, I watch, I watch oh, yeah. uh, the, the one with Geraldo and Leary. Oh my God, yeah. That thing was, that is so stunning. Yes. And, and yes. it was so, you know, it was one of those things where like, that was legit. Yeah, I mean, you know, totally. That, like, that was a brilliant comeback yeah. and it should have ended there, <laughs> but no. <laughs> You know, Dennis couldn't right. take it. Right, right. You could see him like, yeah. I've been challenged? Yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah. it was just like, you know, yeah. then he started like, you know, what are you, writing jokes? Yeah. And Greg's like, yeah, that's what we do here. It's like, it's crazy. <laughs> yep. It's very satisfying to watch. Not yes. because I have anything against Dennis, just yeah. because it was like what real it's two styles of comedy clashing on television yeah. and not being polite to each other. Right. You know, right. and they're both really funny, yeah. very funny styles. And the great thing about Colin as a host was like, he would just pull out. Oh my God. He, he just, loved that shit. He, he just, never tried to stop ever, it. Ever. Ever. Yes. Because yeah. there were times where you'd look at him like, are you going to. Are you going <laughs> to save me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That you was the genius. You should know how to swim by now, friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of tough love on that show. Totally. Yeah. So from there, you went to what? Um, um, then I wrote for uh, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Um, that was a that was a quick move to L.A. and I and I was bewildered and I was like I didn't even That's know if I wanted to be here? a writer. That so. was the first time I moved out here for about a year and I was it was weird. It was like oh you're a writer now so you must get try right. to get writing jobs. I'm right. like oh okay and um, so I was on that show and then um, I left that show because I was afraid they were going to fire me which i now know is not how you ever operate in life right. but um and i got it i had an offer i worked on the adam carolla had a show um, right and then that show ended and then i moved back to new york and that's when i conceived my son yeah and i worked on a website in new york which for one? a couple of years it was 23 6 it oh, was yeah. a comedy yeah, yeah, yeah i remember okay and uh and now so so uh that 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 ended um, in 2008, and my kid was like two, two and a half. And uh, I saw that um, I I knew the the EP Daniel Kellison from Corolla yeah. of Bonnie Hunt show, and I just saw on like on Hollywood. I just saw in the in the news that Bonnie had a new show, and this was the EP. And I just. I just emailed them. I'm like, hey, you guys hiring? I'll do a packet. I'll do a packet. I was really good at doing packets. I could churn them out. What and, is a packet um, for people who are... Packet is, you figure out what the show, like the kind of, the stuff you'd have on the show. Like if, if sketches, you were going to do a jokes. Conan packet, you write a bunch of monologue jokes and a bunch of potential sketches, you right, know, not right. not full out sketches, but just idea, yeah, you know, yeah, a, pitches. A, something like that. Uh-huh. And so um, he, he said, yeah, and I did. And, and then he hired me and I had to come out the next week. Uh-huh. And um, so I had to, you know, get my kid and and come on out and the relationship was over already it was over very soon because she i i just discovered via email that he had uh you know had a an affair an affair so um so that ended that very quickly and then i was just sort of and then bonnie hunt that show ended for me and then uh i did last comic standing and, and how'd you do on that i got on the top 10 yeah and then i was eliminated uh-huh. i was like they eliminated the first three comics on the first show of the elimination i was one of the first three so, uh, so then I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> I have a kid. I'm 40. I told, I said, or I'm 40. No way. I guess I was 43 at the time, and I, I said my age on television. So now I'm ruined. 
<laughs> you know, my yeah. God. And yeah. I, and I didn't know what to do. And, and it's again, like with Montreal where everyone's like, Oh yeah, man, you're going to get a manager. It's all, you're fucking set when you're in the top 10. No, you're not. I didn't get any management. I didn't get anything, <laughs> yeah. oh. you know? And, um, and then I heard, uh, Conan was hiring, you know, the TBS show was starting and I did a packet for them and I got that job. So I've been writing on Conan ever since and just doing stand up here and going on the road on, on hiatus weeks. But that's a great job to have because yeah. it's such a yeah. sweet bunch of people. Yes. Yes. And, you know, some of those guys have been there probably for, you know, almost 20 years Yeah, Kylie now. and, 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 and uh, Michael Gordon. Yeah. But the, I guess the great thing is, is that, um, you know, they're running their own ship over there yeah. and there's a lot of confidence there Yeah, and you get health benefits. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's a writer's guild, guild job. Oh and, sure. Uh, yeah. Because I have to assume that at some point that survival mechanism kicked in when you realize like, you know, you're going to have to make the money. I know. <laughs> yeah. To bring up this kid. Right. And what, what is the situation you have with visitation? Or, or it, um, I mostly have my son. I have him. His dad takes him on um, most weekends, uh -huh. but not, not all weekends. He's out here. Yes. He's out here as well. And he's yeah. still doing comedy. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't, we don't, I, you know, we just organize pickups by text and try to keep it like that. And then we don't get into arguments. My son doesn't know we don't get along. <laughs> you know, he hasn't seen really. So there's no, uh, there's no, like um, uh, goodwill there. I mean, there's like, cause I, I know that a lot of times, like with my brother, with the exes, it's horrible for a while, but then yeah. eventually you, you figure something out. It'll probably come around to goodwill at some point. <laughs> I'm open to feeling goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but, but the kid's good he's great yeah he's awesome well, it worked out yeah 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 but it's, what, what it's do you cool. feel hasn't worked out for you that you still want you want you want to be recognized as a, a, a comic yeah isn't that weird like you know i, know, I, I don't feel like i have what i want I, dude, and I, I i get popular because of this and and i'm like you know like you're a great interviewer so awesome. Mike, but I, I, yeah but i'm a you know i know i know <laughs> I'm a special on television. <laughs> yes, I'm not an interviewer. I'm yeah. a comic. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I've grown. I've accepted it because I, right. I know that I like this is my life's work. But you know, but I still do the comedy. But there's part of me when I started doing this. You know, I'd let go of the the possibility of of doing a TV show or being a relevant comic or any of that. But I didn't know this would kick in either. But yeah. I really let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then everything started started to change. And now I just what I have to accept is like, you know, I'm not for everybody. But there right. are people that dig what I do, yeah. and, and that's enough. You know, that what I mean? is like, enough now. You know, I, that I, is enough. I, I don't have to. You know, I'm not Brian Regan. I'm yeah. not Louis. Right. You know, I'm right. not Gaffigan. Yeah. You know, I'm this very specific thing. But yeah. I, I, you know, I found my little place in the world. Yeah. That's what you want as a comic. I a think so. Yeah. It, you know, I I wrote a book about a year and a half ago, and I oh yeah, what what was that called? It's called Shitty Mom. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. Was, um, it, it was it was sort of an odd situation where there's four there's three women thought of the idea right. and they hired me to write it. Mm -hmm. So we're all sort of in it together, but it's all they're all my stories. You know what I mean? Interesting. So, uh, but they are they are like promotional machines, uh -huh. and so it, it, so we're all sort of in. Was it there together an idea and, to start sort of like a shitty mom empire? Yeah, but it it it's like I'm I'm like I'm not a professional mom. Uh -huh. You know, like uh -huh. I I do jokes about my kid, but. I'm a com. I feel like I'm a comic. I don't want to be the shitty mom. I don't want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's not me either. You know, right, it's right. just it's just a, a bunch of like funny things I wrote about a certain topic. Right. That right. Is it's not a, an life, ideology. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 And when, with but Conan, if I was smart, I would be like pretend. Yeah. <laughs> I would be all over it, you know. I'd be wearing my sh a shitty mom right, <laughs> outfit, but, but and <laughs> not, you're you know, not, it wouldn't be true to yourself. 
right, right, and, right. You know, you're a, you're an honest comic. Yeah. So you want to be uh, be out there being a you know something you don't think you are. Right. But um, what do you write over Conan? Mostly monologue. Monologue or? jokes. Yeah. So you just sit and churn out how many jokes a day? Um, it depends on the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say low is thirty five and high is fifty. You so know, I get what. How many people write monologues? You and Kylie. There's four, and, four of us. And yeah, who are the other guys? myself, Kylie, Rob Cutner, Brian Kylie, yeah. super funny guy. Yeah, uh, Rob Cutner. We started and, together in Boston. Oh yeah, that's I gotta right. Get him yeah. on. Oh, you I, should. He's, yeah, he's an he's an he's a very unusual guy. Yeah. I mean. You know, he le- he has a very normal life. He has a, a very a long marriage. He has two kids. He still does stand up. He's done Letterman a couple of times. Yeah. He's like a great stand up. And he's he's not fucked up in a classic comic way. No, he was amazing because yeah. like when he was on the original show. Yeah. He kept an apartment in New York. Yeah. With Todd Berry. Wow. Like, like he lived in the room in Todd Berry's, I think, uh, yeah. apartment. But he never saw him. Because he would always just immediately go back up north to yeah. New England to yeah. spend time with his family. So, yeah. so like comedy and, and writing comedy was like his secret life. <laughs> and then he went to this, he had a normal life. Yeah. And he still, but I guess out here it's working out for everybody that they moved everybody out. Yeah. You, can, you have a better quality of life out here, especially if you have kids. Yeah. Than if you live wise, in New York. Yeah, for and, sure. And, well, that's a that's trippy. I got to have him on because we literally, when I first started doing open mics in the mid '80s, I mean, he was he was there. I mean, yeah. we were all there. John Groff was there, and like you know, it's interesting. yeah, yeah. He has a lot of good Boston stories. He, yeah, he's a machine. He's a joke writing machine. And, he's just great at it. But so the four of you churn out, uh, yeah, uh, together on a daily basis, hundreds of jokes. Yes, right? or yes, over a yes. hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we over a hundred. What's your hit rate? Good. This week it was it was it's. You know, let's see if if Conan does like ten jokes per mono. Yeah. So if I get two or three, I'm right. I'm even. So yeah. I had I had a one, a one, a four, and a four. Ooh. So I was like, all right, I aver- It was about average. It, and you know? is that an exciting feeling still to see your joke work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that during the monologue. All the monologue writers would kind of gather around the monitor. Yeah. And just sort of wait. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And then when they don't work, you're like. Oh. Oh fuck! But do you have to answer to that, or <laughs> no? Just... And no one, no one keeps track of Conan who writes the jokes. Mm-hmm. They're submitted. We just submit them as a batch. So oh, like, oh. I'm the only one that knows I got one joke on one day, and I'm the only one that knows I got. And four he doesn't on one know day. who wrote. Them. No, oh. I think you can kind of t- you can kind of t- get a t- feeling for people's voices, though. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I think uh, like I can always I can always guess a Cutner joke, and I can kind of guess a Kylie joke. You know, right. like Ky- Kylie's economy of words is uh-huh. you know. It's it's, uh, it's something a, I aspire to. Yeah, he's a real kind of classic one-liner guy yeah. in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm Thank sorry you. to hear about your dad and that ongoing situation. Are you yeah. spending a lot of time up there? Yeah, I've been flying up a lot, uh-huh. um, a lot of weekends since we found out in July. So I've been going up there a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Does he have peace with it, or is he? I don't know. It's kind of. I don't know. It's. He's fighting it, yeah. you know? He's yeah. got wa- water from Lords that he puts on all the tumor places, oh, and really? he's doing a second round of chemo, uh-huh. and he's had, re- like, he's had, he's fighting it uh-huh. every single, every possible way. Okay. So, I, I don't guess. know if that's acceptance or not. No, you know? I know, but I guess that's what people do. I, I would. Mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. The, you, you got grandkids, you yeah. just want another day with them, Oh, you know? yeah. How many kids does your sister have? She has two. She's oh, in Portland. Wow. So we're both one Southwest flight away from my dad because he's oh. pretty close to the Oakland airport. Well, I'm sorry you're going through that. But, oh, uh, thanks. But you seem to be holding up okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for talking. Sure. To me. Thanks, Mark. Wasn't that fun? She's great. Uh, what up? What what happens now? Well, you end the show, man. Don't talk to yourself in third person. It's weird. Is it, isn't it meta? No, it's just weird. 
Thank you for listening. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. JustCoffee.coop is there. I'm drinking it now. It's probably too late to be drinking it, but I'm drinking it. Pow. This is a little one. Get the app. Upload to premium. Get all 400 and some odd episodes. All right. I, I just want you to... I just want you to be okay, man. Do you hear me? Woman, man, people. I just want you to be okay. I'm okay. Don't I sound okay? Don't I? Huh? Fine. Fine. All right. They, I can't... You know, I can't... I can only... I'm only one person here. All right? Got this guy sending me records. And I like it. I appreciate it. But he sent me a lot of records. Like a lot of great records. Like 150 great records. And I don't really know him. I kind of knew his half-sister, but I'm just getting these boxes of records, and I don't know if it, what it means. Is it is it a cry for help? Is he okay? Is this the last thing he's doing? Am I going to get that email? Or is he just being a nice guy? I don't know. I appreciate it, though, Justin. I appreciate it. I hope you're all right. All right. Boomer lives! <laughs> <laughs>